Welcome to the latest Marblecast. Bring the buzz, bring the energy. I'm Jason Sachs. I'm Carl Zardella, and welcome to the Marblecast. <laughs> and we are discussing Spider-Man Far From Home. Yes, he's far from home. He's not anywhere near home in this movie. Which I'd call far from good. Oh, snap. That's your hot take early. That's my hot take early. What'd you think of it? Yeah, so I kind of rewatched parts of it. Uh, I watched it really recently, so it's pretty fresh in my mind. But I did watch uh, some parts again. And I think the first time I watched it, I thought it was good enough. Um, I think it's pretty far-fetched. Eh? Mm-hmm. Far from home. And, uh, you know, a lot of the the idea that humans would even do some of the things they do in this movie is a little ridiculous. But... Um, <laughs> But I do, I mean, I like Spider-Man, I like MJ, and I like that connection they have, and I like the humor that goes into these movies. So, I don't know. I still think it's, I'm kind of met on it. M-E-H. Why don't you go into your summary? I don't have much to add beyond my crack. The very oh, end. really? That's yeah. it. A quick hot take, and you, you, quick you're hot not like it. Let's, let's just jump in. And... Well, we can get to some of those ridiculous things in the notes, yeah. Um, it starts off in Mexico with a quick... Uh, Earth Elemental sighting that Nick Fury and I always forget the other lady's name. Maria Hill. Maria Hill. So Maria and uh, Nick Fury are f- like see Earth Elemental, Elemental in Mexico. So that kind of sets up the whole um, mystique. Mysterio. So sets Carlos, up that thing. Yeah. Why did they have to go to Mexico? I don't know. Why couldn't they connect to someone who happens to be in Mexico? I don't know. And also, like, in this world where you have, like, a literal god, why is it so strange that a body of water has a face on it? Oh, is this going to be how the whole podcast is going to go? Because if it was the face of Jesus, would there be more people wanting to go see it? Because it would be, like, the Jesus on a piece of toast kind of thing? Well, you know what? You are bringing up one point that I think is interesting. You're asking a lot of questions, which I don't have answers for. But secondly... There's a lot of like these Spider-Man movies and this one specifically feels compartmentalized. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, only certain people that need to be in this movie are going to respond to things like, like you said, a God or like an elemental spirit. It's like, oh no, this is just for the Spider-Man, you know? And, or, well, it turns out the Mysterio figure, but there is this kind of like, it's almost feels like a comic book in that way where like, no, all the other heroes are doing something else. Yeah, I suppose it's appropriate to be like a comic book, but like, okay, I guess. Yeah. No, I don't have the answers for you, but I do know this is where we see Jake Gyllenhaal show up and help out and start his little ruse, as it were, Mm -hmm. that he's this hero and he's going to go and help people out when they have elementals. Oh, yeah. There are spoilers for this movie since it's from a couple of years ago. You may want to know that up front. Okay, now you've been warned. Yeah. The Marvel cast is a spoiler cast. Yeah. Um, then we also, I think, okay, after that whole thing happens, we get the idea of the thing we were talking about last episode, which is seeing what happens after the five years blip and when people came back, because they, they do touch on that, which is cool in this movie. Yeah, right. And it, it is kind of nice to be able to get a glimpse into the background of what happened in the Marvel Universe, these ordinary people when the blip happened. Uh, I don't quite get the timing of it, but okay, that's that's cool and cute and entertaining and clever. And I like how the kids are freaked out by it. And you know, it seems pretty realistic. 
Yeah. And they do that like thing for them. What is it? It's like a sort of it's name something about the blip. I forgot. It's like five years something. It's like a group or something. Yeah. Yeah. The five years or something. I like how they talk about, yeah, you know, this guy was a dork when he was young and everyone's crazy about him. Right. Yeah. Girls, like he's all, he's super hot and everything. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, that's probably the best elements of the movie. I just yeah, wish there was nice. more of it. It's a fun take. And yeah, when I re saw it, I was like, oh yeah, that's what we were talking about to get that kind of connection from these movies in the timeline. But that's it. Then it's just going to turn into hokiness, which is what we're going to get to soon. It's nice uh, how Spider-Man's doing a benefit too for homeless people who are a lot who lost their homes because of the blip. Yeah. There's one note in there about a character who reunites with their family and that they don't haven't and have their house anymore or whatever it is. And that's kind of nice. I just wanted more of that. Yeah. Friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, then we get to the the whole what this movie turns into, which is the Europe trip, or what I like to call it like uh, National Lampoon's Spider-Man <laughs> trip. National because Lampoon's Spider-Man vacation. That's what it is. It gets really, really silly what they keep doing, which I'm going to allude to here in a minute, which is the, the whole class trip is just ridiculousness. Um, they go on this ridiculous uh, class trip. And uh, okay, yeah, they also talk about how Peter Parker's sad about Tony passing, which I thought was cool. Again, another timeline uh, connection. Yeah, one of my hot takes, though, is that this is like, okay, so Spider-Man Homecoming was like Iron Man 4. Because Tony's basic, the whole movie's basically about Tony, and Peter's just this instrument to make it about Tony. Right. This movie's like Iron Man 4 and a half where Iron Man is constantly in the background. It's still about Tony Stark. It's just a little less about Tony Stark than, than, than Homecoming was. Yeah, you're right. Because, I mean, a huge part of this movie are those glasses, which are going to come up in two seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so basically, and I, like, I do like Happy Hogan because Happy Hogan is a lot in this movie, uh, which is John Favreau, uh, who basically helped produce or direct all, a lot of these movies, right? Direct, I think he directed Iron Man's? Yeah, I think he directed the first Iron Man. Yeah, at least. Yeah. So, but him in this movie is great. It kind of being that little, uh, you know, side person that Peter can talk to about everything because, you know, he's keeping a secret of all this stuff and then he can talk to Happy about everything. First two um, Iron Man episodes or movies, by the way. Okay. So, yeah, before that, we get to glasses, though, we get the class trip. We get uh, Peter Parker, you know, wanting to tell MJ about his feelings. Um, Peter Parker hanging up on Nick Fury. That was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Nick Fury basically wanted to get a hold of him. Uh, Nick Fury finally does meet up with Peter Parker in the boat just randomly and gives him these superpowered glasses, which was was my favorite part of the movie, really, because I love AI and I like like a hero finding new powers. So I do like the it's called Edith, like this AI in the glasses. And back to your point, it is really about Tony because Tony gave him these, you know. And he's entrusting him in this special powers. Back to my least favorite aspect of these movies, though, which is, hey, he's Spider-Man. He's a guy who sticks to walls. He shoots webs. He's right. a little bit stronger than the average guy. And now it's all about this technology he has. Yeah, like, that... like, let it just be about freaking Spider-Man. That's what made the original trilogy so entertaining. You're right. I mean, I do like this kind of concept in any movie, like which is someone finds new powers and they got to figure them out. But you're you're right, because it's Spider-Man. It's not Sunglass Man. Yeah. If it's War, what's his name? War Machine or something. That's a different story, right? But yeah. if it's 
Pepper as Iron Woman. And okay, you know, it's going to be a new Iron Woman coming up in, um, in the Disney series, like in 2023. Oh, really? But, yeah. But like, this is, this is Spider-Man. He's been Spider-Man forever. Yeah. Why not let him just be the guy who spins webs and fights bad guys as best he can? I don't know those answers. I don't know a lot of I'm answers. I'm full of a lot of it. questions today. Can you I hear? know. Can you hear? And I, I, you have no answers for me. I'm, I'm, I'm never really going to for this whole that. episode. I'm really Here's unhappy the, about that. I'm going to just give you more setups for your questions. Um, <laughs> here's a question I have for you. I can't remember how Hall or uh, Jake Hall, which I'm going to keep referring to him, but Beck uh, or Mysterio shows up because he's talking to Peter about uh, being from another dimension, which is pretty far-fetched. And how do they meet? I forget how they met. So they meet when the water elemental attacks Venice. Oh, because there's many. The water elemental is right. freaking out. It's it's swim, you know, it's slamming into the Venetian buildings and stuff. Right. And then uh, you see Mysterio fly in. He looks for a moment like Thor. I was actually for a minute like hoping it was Thor flying in, but no, it's Mysterio flying in, and he starts attacking and fighting this water elemental with the, this kind of magical, magical effects that are similar to Dr. Strange's effects. Right. Yeah. This is the first elemental or the second one we see in this movie. Right. And that's why he uh, starts talking with him about being from another dimension and talks about these elementals and how he has to help. He wants Spider-Man to help him. Yeah. We know that there is going to be other dimensions. So it's an interesting kind of faint into that yes. direction. Right. I was actually kind of intrigued by that because I thought, yeah, this kind of makes sense in context in a way. I know when I first heard it, I was like, ooh, this is like when I very first saw the movie, you know, not the second time through. Right. I thought like, this is what we're going to get now. Dimension mm -hmm. stuff. But no, we're but not. No. Right. No, we're not. Uh, that's why I said ruse in the beginning. So I'm not going to rant at all about the damage to Venice or the damage to Prague or the damage to Berlin and stuff. But I do want to make one other comment. All throughout this movie, the movie takes place in like five or six different cities. Mm -hmm. Over and over again, you have our characters in the city and there's nobody else around. Oh, yeah. It's pretty barren. Right? At the end, like Peter and Mary Jane are in London. And they're like on and no one is there. No oh, one yeah. Is around it's like them. nighttime right? they're and crossing like nobody that bridge there. in Prague. Yeah. And like literally they're the only two people in the world. At the very end, there's a big battle in London. There's no police. There's no fire. There's no emergency people. It's just Peter walking away, and Mary Jane steals the lamp, the uh, the uh, mace from the British Museum. Like, come on, or from Tower of London, rather. Come on, like, like, I could just suspend my disbelief some, but you're well, just like pushing it. Let's do this. Let's let's let me uh, lump this other idea that I am frustrated with the movie about with that. So there's the fact that. There's nobody in a lot of these places, which is weird. Secondly, basically Peter diverts the class trip so many times to go where he wants it to go. And they keep getting upgraded, you know, and everybody just goes along with it. It's like a, a British comedy or something. Yeah. It's like, oh, now we're here. Dun, dun, dun. Well, never mind. You know, like, I'm not going to look at that what direction. We're just going forward. Uh-huh. And then the kids can't do anything they want to do. They're stuck going to the opera in Prague, which, by the way, why would no one want to go to an opera? I don't know. Well, they're kids, but I'm also... Skip I'm skipping around a lot, I realize. No, no, it's, I, 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 I did that with you right now because I think those two ideas are ridiculous, and they're most of the movie because it just keeps going to new locations just because they have to. 
Uh, although sometimes they don't have to. We'll get at the end. I don't know why they they jump again at the very end. Um, okay, so anyways, back to my notes. So you mentioned Hall. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is a good time to say, did you like Hall in his role? No. No, I didn't at all. Okay. So, okay. I, I mean, right now, there's a lot of, uh, in the present time of this recording, there's a lot of hatred out for Hall. I don't have that kind of hatred for him. But uh, all I remember is him from Donnie Darko, which I love that film. And a couple other films, but yeah, and this one it just could have been anybody else. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think he added anything to it. If anything, it just he was just average. And so why not just have like I don't know a new first time actor in this role? Uh, might be more interesting because then you get some different nuances. But yeah, he just seemed like too cool for school, which I guess that's what they wanted out of this actor. But because yeah, there is a little more of an edge to him than there seems to be at the beginning. He seems to be kind of playing both sides. Kind of get this weird sense he's playing both sides from the beginning. Well, he they, is. They kind of go to lo- some lengths to make him seem like he's sympathetic to Peter anyway. Yeah, it's almost like that's not a, to a tangent, but it's almost like I know that actor to be so, like Jake, to be so like uh, so many dark roles that we've seen him in. And I just don't see him ever being like, I'm just going to help everybody out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like as an actor. So, I mean, he's always been in a brooding role, so that doesn't really fit for him. Yeah, I don't like him in this movie, now that you've said it enough. Okay. Or made me talk about it enough. Um, but anyway, so the whole idea is that Spider-Man doesn't want to be part of this whole Nick Fury thing, and he keeps trying to, like, distance himself. Yet he loves the glasses uh, and has to, like, figure out all those powers. Um, but again, this is the part where he's diverting the trip back to Prague so they can fight the fire elemental. Again, it gets hokey what the, the students have to go through, but back in Spider-Man beat the fire elemental. And then he gives back the glasses, which I think is a really weird move. Like, why did he do that again? Just because he trusted him? And because he felt like he didn't deserve to have them because he wasn't. Like, oh, his self-doubt. Hero. Self-doubt. Teenage it's self-doubt. And by the way, is this in the comics? I wrote this down to ask Jason, is this in the comics? The idea of this character, Beck, and and uh, being fired from Stark Industries and all these employees that are with him, is that in the comics? No, I mean, Mysterio is one of the oldest Spider-Man villains even before. I think he was actually created around the same time Iron Man was created. Right, but so he wasn't so part of Stark Industries. He wasn't part of Stark Industries. Did you think that was too much of like a retcon? Hey, it just felt weird. It just felt like, oh, and this is what's going on? Talk about illusions. This whole movie is an illusion. It's like, I actually kind of like that element of it. You One did? But... Bits I, I actually thought it was kind of interesting because hmm. it gave him a little bit of a connection. He's not just this weirdo who's, you know, right, but bizarre fishbowl costume. Here's the problem, though. From the movie standpoint, from a movie standpoint, which we talk about movies all the time, it does. it's so, like, pushed in out of nowhere, yeah. right? Like, yeah, it could be an interesting take, but it's like for 15 minutes, like all of a sudden we learn it in this bar, you know, like he leaves and they go, here's what's going on. Yeah. The whole movie's a magic trick. Like, actually, you know, and so that's why I don't feel like it's earned. Like, don't pay attention to what I'm doing over here. Yeah. You know what? Here's how it would work. Instead of in Mexico fighting an elemental storm, they should have had him being like fired in the past. Mm-hmm. that's the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. right and then he gets mad and he's like i'll show you or something which also is very comic booky but nope doesn't do that either he it just shows up in a bar i don't like it i'm not a fan of it 
Um, anyway, so let's jump ahead because I don't want to talk about it too much more. <laughs> that there's um, Parker goes to Berlin. That's the weird thing. Why did he have to go to Berlin to help Fury? Because then he got tricked because it wasn't Fury. It was actually Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. I forgot what he told him to go to Berlin for. I think it matters. It doesn't matter. He gets tricked. uh, And then Happy helps him out, which is cool. I like that segment uh, a little bit. Um, And then let's get to the ending, which is a climactic ending, unless I'm missing something important, is the huge illusion that Beck creates to you know, fight everything and his friends go running. And like you said, they have, they're in this museum and they're fighting drones with maces. Uh, and it just feels like Monty Python, almost not Monty Python, uh, Benny Hill, you know, like dun, 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 dun. they're running for more drones. Yeah. Um, you know, nothing's going to happen to these characters. No, they're fine. So yeah, everything's going to be all right. It never feels like there's any real drama going on. No, that's what I'm saying. They're running around a museum. It's like Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it literally like Scooby-Doo. This is a Scooby-Doo episode. It's a Scooby-Doo, a Scooby-Doo episode of, of Spider-Man. But then it gets kind of real in the fact that, like, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal fighting uh, Spider-Man, uh, like, dying. I guess he's dead, dead. And right before that, he he says he knows he's Peter Parker, right? That's the first, the mid credit scene. Oh, that's it's, in the mid credit scene. Right, because yeah. you didn't see that before that. Yeah, okay. Right. So before so they, that, you just have this he battle. Dies. He dies in the battle. The Spider-Man destroys the, the drones. Everyone is fine. They come back to America. Um, there's some small resolutions to the storylines. Didn't mention that Mary Jane figures out that Peter was right. Spider-Man. On that bridge. Yeah, they're talking. Yeah, yeah. So they're talking and she had figured that out. Uh, you know, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it in a moment, but I liked one of the few really good moments in the movie, I thought, Oh, which when she is, reveals uh, that she knew he was Spider-Man. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about it now. I mean, that's that was on the bridge, right? When they're trying to figure it out, the drone stuff. I mean, the thing I... It's, it's one of these really frustrating movies because the stuff that's good about this movie is actually pretty good. And it's all the character stuff. Hmm. It's happy with his relationship with May, right? You know, and... you know. Oh, yeah, we just glossed over that. I forgot. He's so adorable, yeah. Yeah, there. She's he's adorable. Marissa Tomei is is totally the kind of woman that's like the appropriate woman for him too. That's mm-hmm. like really nice, you know. And then there's the whole relationship between uh, between Ned and it's Betty, right? That he and that he has that relationship with. And you're like, oh, yeah. oh sweetie, mm-hmm. oh sweetie, all through the whole trip. And then the very casual way they break up at the end. Again, just really cute, nice character building stuff. And then, you know, at the core of it is Peter and, Ma- and, and Mary Jane. And, like, their relationship actually feels pretty real. It feels kind of charming. It's almost like the whole movie I was waiting for those scenes, you know? Like, and they have them, like, here and there. But there's so many of that classic Peter going to do something and then, you know, not being able to be with MJ or, yeah. like, fucking up again. And, you know, and she's, like, mad at him. Um there's only so much that I could take. I mean, the fact that she does figure it out and then like it makes her appreciate Peter more. Yeah. It's kind of nice. It means it's, that she's actually investing in him and wants to know more about him. And, and like, there's some care there. Uh-uh. Uh, you know, it, it's the kind of thing someone who, especially a teenager who has like romantic feelings for a guy would actually do. Yeah. And it's a f- fulfillment at the end because the very end of this movie is them in New York and basically saying like, we're in a relationship. Um, and that's exactly when they find out on the big screen TV that, oh, is it Jonah, right? James Jonah. 
Yeah, Jane Jonah, Jay Jonah, Jonah Jameson. Jay Jonah Jameson saying that, um, you know, framing Spider-Man, that it was all his fault, which is very comic booky, and that exposing his identity, yeah, which Mysterio, is the end. Mysterio figures out his identity and talks about it on. On the cam. On the cam. And of course, first time he finds out about it isn't through Twitter or something. It gets broadcast on the screen in Times Square. All right. Now that's happened in comic books probably all the time right like he had to like redo his you know yeah identity. He, he did that once daredevil actually did that in a more uh, compelling storyline but yeah i mean it, it's not unusual it's yeah a nice little plot twist i guess it's going to give us the the, the storyline for the next spider-man movie well no it's giving us dr Str- oh, oh dr. yeah it is dr strange spider-man yeah yeah him and by the way let's not just to foreshadow too much but what a hokey and also very ego-driven plot of the next movie, which is like, hey, I want to protect my identity, so we're going to change like time and space for me. That might be the last movie. episode of Marvel Cast if it comes out soon enough for us to I know. get into the series. Well, let's finish this one, and that is the credit scenes, um, which is only one, I think, which is the Nick Fury. And then there's the final post-credit scene with Nick Fury, yeah. So the Nick Fury one is... Um, Nick Fury isn't Fury. So again, magic trick. It's not Nick Fury. It's Soren and Talos, uh, which we saw back in, uh, uh, what's her name? Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. And then Nick Fury's on a spaceship. Was this even needed? I thought that was the part that was like literally the best moments of the movie is the the, the final post credit sequence. Like, oh, cool. All right. So these weren't actually... The humans we were seeing, these were scrolls. I wonder what's going on now. This is fun. Or is it because, like, there's no point in that? Like, yeah, it could point to the next movie. Talk about us, like, uh, breadcrumb or something. Like, hey, get excited for the next thing. But what about this movie? It doesn't, like, explain why that had to be an illusion the whole time. It fits into the larger theme of the movie, I suppose, which is illusions an illusion. and not being able to trust what you see. Well, I'm going to give this in a magic score that's going to start disappearing numbers away from it. I don't know. That's a bad. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I, I try to commit, and I just failed the commitment. Stay committed to the to the, to the joke. It's okay. To the bit. Um, give it. I well, I guess I'll say this. My score is is having a vanishing act when it comes to the numbers. Nope, I can't do it still. Uh, it's yeah. an off day for me. Um, it's going to be lower after we talked about it, even though when I was rewatching parts of it, I didn't enjoy what I was really seeing. Um, I'm going to say, oof. oh, you have the, do you have the worksheet in front of you? I do. What did I give any movie a five? You gave Spider-Man Homecoming a five. Fuck. It's you a five. Ant-Man a five also. You seem it, to be, it's to a be five. To I think it's a five. I think I can't. It's not above homecoming because that's like the origin, right? It's so funny because uh, you gave homecoming a five and you're giving this movie a five. I gave homecoming a three. I think I'm going to give this movie a three. Wow. How quick? But now you make me want to go down to a four. So here's the thing I liked the, the two credit scenes, I like the relationships the characters have. And I like a little bit of the kind of snap stuff. I did like any of the superhero stuff. I thought it was all just 
corny as fuck. Oh, and I hate uh, excessive CG, which that's all these enemies are, right? Yeah. It's just CG. Oh, and I didn't like drones either. I kept getting hung up by all these questions I keep asking. Yeah. I really don't like drones being the enemy. Because you know what I mean? That's like the real enemy of this whole movie is drones. Right. I'm going to go down to a four after we talked. Okay. Because that's definitely, like, I, I think five felt better, about, more about the characters like you're talking about, some of those little cool moments with MJ can, and stuff. You can go with your heart or your head. doesn't matter. No, no, I'm, I'm kind of like explaining why I'm going to go down one because five homecoming had more of that stuff and it wasn't about elementals and drones. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't as hokey about like, we're going to keep moving location for no reason. Um, which by the way, that really ruined a lot of the movie for me. It just felt so, all of it felt so unbelievable. Why not just spend some time in one of these places? Yeah. Why not keep moving around? I just wanted them to stay in Venice. It doesn't make sense. I'm going to give it a four and that's being generous. I could have went down to three even by talking about enough, but I'll, right. I'll, I'll stick with a four. All right. So we don't recommend Spider-Man far from home. No, I guess we don't recommend any of the Spider-Mans, do we? Jeez. If we went back and watched the originals, I bet we'd like those a lot. Oh, the original. Ooh, that's a whole other cast. Isn't that? And by the way, by the way, real quick, we don't do these on the show much. Wait, give me your score. Oh, you're going three again. Yeah. Okay. We don't do this much, but the new Spider-Man is most definitely going to have those other Spider-Man in it. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the trailer and all the, the leaks about how people are seeing the other Spider-Mans taken out of the trailer? Yeah, yeah. They really believe we're going to see something similar, something not that different from uh, from uh, uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Right. But this is going to be Tobey Maguire and what's his butt? The right. other guy. Like, that's straight up going to be that. I can't it's just it. I even saw a leaked screenshot. So I believe that that's 100% what's happening. So we will get the multiverse in the next Spider-Man. And that will probably be more fun. Andrew Garfield's the name you're thinking of. Andrew Garfield, yeah. Who's in a new uh, show on H- uh, movie on HBO. Okay, um, that's it. Next up for us, we're getting to the, to the newest stuff. Now we have Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi, which I'm watching. I was supposed to watch this weekend. I didn't. I'll probably watch it tonight. Maybe we can watch it uh, after Thanksgiving. We can do that podcast. What do you think you're going to rate it? Oh, yeah. Well, we have to guess. Um, eight at least. At least eight. Eight or higher? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think I'm probably going to give it like a six. Really? Yeah. I thought you said you really enjoyed it. Yeah. We'll get mm. into that when we talk about it. Okay. I want to give it a fresh look, too. Yeah. Okay. Well, this will be the one of those ones where I see her the very first time, so. I'll take notes. Yeah, this is the one I saw for the first time. And then hopefully we'll be able to talk about Eternals after that. And that could be the end of the Marvel cast for now. Yeah, yeah. Because the Marvel cast probably never ends. <laughs> well, really, seriously. You just talk about Iron about Woman. Falcon, Falcon and Winter Soldier. I mean, but no, well, I mean. And Hawkeye. Hawkeye just saw the trailer for that. That's going to be out this year. Oh, it's out like Thanksgiving. Yeah. And by the way, I don't want to like Hawkeye. I don't like Hawkeye, but he's got like a protege and I'm a sucker for proteges. Do you know what I mean? It's like a hawk woman. Drenner. Yeah, I don't want to watch it, but that's what I'm saying. The Marvel cast never ends. Like this episode, because it's very long. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, then I'll close it up. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe it isn't very long. Maybe I'm just thinking it is. I'll trim. 
It's okay. I'll trim. Don't our, our... do any post production on this. You should just put it out. Okay, to listeners, people. just tell us what you think. Thanks, Carlos. Where can people find you? Uh, TikTok. Go to TikTok, and my name is Carlos R O D E L A. Just search for that. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs>